Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller in Cyhawk Week is upon us here on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Glad you're with us here this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest list. We will start with, uh, well, a long look back at both Iowa and Iowa State as they lifted the curtain on their 2022 season yesterday. We'll do that. First half hour of the program. We're going to switch gears. 10.30, we'll talk baseball with Matt Snyder. MLB conversation at 11.05. Bama Bob, Trent and I will... Uh, kind of regurgitate what we saw, overreact what we'll do uh, at 11.05 around college football, and then we'll just um, leave the, whatever, last 30 minutes of the show wide open. I invite you to call in if you'd like, and we will opine, and we'll start getting into uh, the matchup that we will see, Big Ten Network, at 3 o'clock on this coming Saturday. It's my favorite week of the year. It is here. The bells ring out, the banners fly, but I've got some discussing to do prior to that. I was going to ask you how your weekend was. I saw it uh, on Twitter, so I know it wasn't good. <laughs> Not ah. as a sports fan. As a sports fan. As a regular fan. person, yeah, it was great. A lot of family time. Went to the Science Center yesterday. Jack started preschool this morning. Yeah, all good Hang things. Hang on a second. Yeah. He's two. He's three. He's three. Just turned three Just turned three, yeah. And he starts preschool, preschool today at wow. the Science Center. So we went there. Is that a around. whole day? It is, yeah. Wow. Yep. Did they get a day. nap? He gets a nap, yeah. Uh, between the one and three is when their nap time is, Jeez. at least when they lay down. So that was something that didn't go very well for our older one, for Ella. She did not like nap time at school. Jack, though, I think he's going to be ready for one. Oh, boy. Unbelievable. They do start him early. Well, so that was good. Yeah, that was a good part yeah, of the, the weekend. The, Sports. the quarterback, not so good. The Twins, uh, although it was, I mean, decent. Um, got a win against the White Sox. They did. They finally pulled one out in the finale on Sunday before they got in the plane and headed to New York and took on the Yankees yesterday. Um, and that went as we, well, it normally does. Mm-hmm. But we'll save the baseball conversation for the bottom of the hour with Matt Snyder, uh, national writer, CBSSports.com. Tommy joins us each and every week. So let's start with uh, with Iowa. They were up first. Uh, we will recap their game against South Dakota State as um, as rare as rare can be. You have to go back to find a a game that ended with a score of seven uh, without a touchdown uh, in, in that football game. Uh, college football apparently keeps records back to two thousand. Not one there. NFL keeps records back until 1970. Can't find one. Uh, but I, but Iowa managed to pull one off and put one together on Saturday. Couple of safeties. But we got to start with the quarterback, Trent, who's Spencer Petrus, who, um, had a quarterback rating of 1.1. Seems high. <laughs> it does. You don't think he was that good? He, he wasn't. This was as bad of, as we have seen. So he's gone backwards, hasn't he? He really has. I hate to say it because I was rooting for the kid, but it's be foolish to say and lose any credibility that I would have to try and make an excuse for him. He has thrown for over 250 yards once in his career. It was the first start of his career, 2020 at Purdue. Since then, he has gone over 225 one other time. 225, not a real high benchmark mm-hmm. in football. Certainly at the collegiate level, even at the high school level. Any level. <laughs> right. This is not a huge benchmark that we're looking to clear here, and he's done it twice in his career, gone over 225. 
as we are now at start number 21. He was bad. And I went back and watched it Sunday night, and it was even worse. Because this is what we do. I mean, this is what we do, and and we need to talk about this. Were you mad at yourself or something? No, because I really thought, over-emotional, you're watching the game. Can't be as bad as I thought it was. Okay. I have my preconceived notions against Spencer Petras thinking he's a terrible quarterback. We've heard those over the last few weeks, Trent. It probably wasn't that bad. So I worry watched it. Watched it, and it was great. 30-second fast-forward. It's great with the Iowa offense because, you know, with the 40-second play clock, you don't worry. You hit that button right at the end of the play, and you're going to get there. You're going to see him lining up. It works perfectly. Teams that go a little more tempo, not quite as easy like Iowa State, as I tried to do last night. Rewatching that one. But I go, and I chart every throw that he makes, or every passing attempt with sacks in there and everything else, and I'm putting everything down. And it's not just that he missed some throws or made a bad decision. Mechanically, he is a mess. I know it. He isn't the footwork, Trent. It, it is it stands out brutal. Yeah, this Tony Tony Rassiopi guy. They they get get rid of him and the commit that they have in Marco Lina. Seriously, Just keep him away from keep, him. Keep him as far away from the program because Spencer Peters, the guy that we did see going back to that first start against Purdue, that guy's never coming back. He is completely ruined mechanically, throwing off his back foot. Absolutely nothing. Velocity-wise. And it's not only the laziness of some of the throws that he makes because he's throwing off his back foot. Well, he's missing wide-open receivers, too. And he's throwing behind them. He's throwing mm-hmm. high. It's no, not he's just not, even, he's not even noticing wide-open receivers. And that's another part, too. It is. One of the few completions that he had was that double-team one to uh, Lachey. It was a hell of a catch. It was. Right after the interception, they get the ball to start the third. And that was the one where he felt, all right, he's going to get one more drive, and if it doesn't happen here... They're going to pull the plug. So what, why why aren't they, Trent? Because that's a question that I think Hawkeye fans want to know the answer to. Why is Kirk Ferentz seemingly married to Spencer Petras at this point? Is it Brian or is it Kirk? I think that's well, where the conversation the has Buck to start. Stop? I mean, where's the? I mean, ultimately, it's got to stop with the head man, right? You would think so. But when it comes to that, is it the position coach's decision? Or is it the head coach? Well, his, his voice would certainly uh, resonate, I would hope. I mean, if, if Phil Parker says, this guy's starting a cornerback, does Phil get the lead over Kirk on that decision? I well, would I think, think so. Phil Parker's earned it. All right. How about at offensive line? Which is another story we'll get to because they it, were not It absolutely good. is. Especially the interior of the line. George Barnett says, hey, we're starting this guy at guard. Does Kirk say, no, we're starting this guy? Well, that's kind quarterback's of his, different. I get it. Yeah, quarterback is a different animal all in itself. But is it Brian or is it Kirk? What we do know is Kirk has been terrible at these decisions throughout his career. The big difference, though, between the past and right now, is there was a clear, a clear guy waiting in the wings that was better. Mm-hmm. I don't think Alex Padilla is a great quarterback, but he's certainly better than this. Well, he can't be any worse. He can't. It's impossible to be. You can't be worse. Mm-hmm. And you look at the numbers, and there isn't anybody worse. The frustrating part about this is this is exactly how I knew this was going to play out and how in today's environment where we saw this past weekend, 61 quarterbacks, almost half the quarterbacks that started this weekend were transfers, Mm -hmm. had transferred at one point in their career. 40 of them. 41. Had started. Now that Daniels is on the list. Is the second, this is their second stop that they played this weekend was their first game with the new school. And I will look at what they were a year ago. And they were good. We're good. Yep. We're just going to nope. run it back. Nope. There's no, there's no vacancy here. We're good. That's coaching malpractice. Mm-hmm. That is not being truthful with yourself. And the quarterback spot's bad, but the offensive identity is bad, too. 
What is it? It hasn't been there for a long uh-huh. time. It was lost. It really was. It was lost with Ken O'Keefe. When Ken O'Keefe <laughs> left, seriously, when he left for the Miami Dolphins, Iowa has not had an mm-hmm. identity since. The marriage of the Greg Davis horizontal passing game with the zone blocking scheme, it never worked. Mm-hmm. And this has been even worse. This five years of Brian Ferentz has been awful. There is nothing other to use, no other term than awful. Blame the offensive line, blame the receivers, blame the quarterback, blame whoever. But ultimately, this is Brian's offense. Yes, you have to do what Kirk wants. But this is his offense, and it's been it's gone from below average to downright bad for the last five years now. Trent, the receivers, um, could you, could, will you cut, cut uh, Petras any slack because of the receiving? Look, Garland Bruce is a good player. Yes. Garland Bruce is a really good player. He'd be a great number three. <laughs> uh, but right now he's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, the offensive line, the interior of the offensive line was not good. Even Richmond on the edge got beat a couple of times in the football game. Mm-hmm. Offensive line needs some work. Um, do, do you cut him any slack, Petrus, because of those two factors? I, I can't because we've seen this before. If, even if he had good receivers, he'd miss them? You're right. Mm-hmm. Laporta's a good tight end, right? How well, many times do you miss him? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's got two balls. Laporta had also a drop on the sideline. Uh-huh. That was one of the two good throws that Petrus made throughout the day. One was the seam route to Arlen Bruce. Mm-hmm. That got 23 on, on well, second and third and long. And the other one can, was that play. You know, speaking of that, uh, can, can you make a case that the the, the overthrow by uh, Gronkowski when he had that receiver running, running wide open behind uh, Merriweather had been turned around might have been as big a play in the game as, as there was? Oh, no doubt. I mean, that kid catches that ball, he walks into the end zone. So there is uh, some numbers out there, some analytical numbers that will tell you. Average drive position, how many points an average offense So where score. did they, what was their average starting point? Their 40 or 42-yard line? Right in that range, yeah. I can't remember exactly what their it was. Their 42-yard, I was 40, let's say I was 40-yard line, and they didn't score an offensive point. Because the, 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 the field goal special teams. In the first half, with the field position that they had, an average offense in college football would have scored a little more than 17 points. That, that's what the average. numbers point On average, uh-huh. 17 points. They had three. For the game, it was just over, I think it was 29 points that an average offense would start. Just with the scoring, the field position that they had. Just average. We're not talking about elite level. We're not talking Alabama here. We're talking about the number 65 offense in college that's football. That's all you're asking for this team. With that average. defense, just be average on offense, and you're going to go a long way. Right. Average. Just be adequate. Complimentary football. How many times have we mm-hmm. heard that? They can't even do that this year. They At least can't. in game one, they couldn't. No, this is so not So what's going to change this week? There's I mean, one team, thing you can teams do. Usually, yeah, teams usually get better from week one to week two. Absolutely. And how many times have we seen? This is, I guess... The saving grace from a Hawkeye perspective. How many times have we seen back against the wall, no chance, they're not getting out of this, and Iowa has responded? A lot. A lot of times. Yeah, a lot. Just two years ago, mm-hmm. 0-2 start, rip off mm-hmm. six straight mm-hmm. to end the season. Going into that Michigan upset win, they looked as bad as they had looked in a long time out of mm-hmm. Penn State. They didn't have a choice. That was a top-five Michigan team that was obliterating everybody. Trent, you can go back, uh, for the most part, through Ferentz's entire career, and there's plenty of examples like that. We could play this game, mm-hmm. and we could probably come up with at least a dozen games mm-hmm. where it looked like sure. this is the beginning of the end. Yeah. And then they find a way. Mm-hmm. That is the saving grace. I don't think it happens with Spencer Petras, though. So what do you do? You Me, go to Padilla. But, but he, you know he can he move won't. around. And you mentioned the offensive line. It's a problem. It is. It was not as bad as I thought it was when I went back and rewatched it. It was bad. It was maybe a D-plus as opposed to what I thought it was a D-minus mm-hmm. after watching the game on Saturday. It was still bad. But Padilla, he can move. You can move the pocket with him. You can, and he is better on the run making throws 
than Petrus has ever been throughout the course of his career. I understand. He's got arm limitations. He does not have the same wing it that Spencer Petrus. The thing that drove me nuts, though, is reading through Kirk's transcript after the game. We'll hear from Kirk later today. Two times. There were three questions I was asked about the quarterback. That's where the press conference started, as it should. Three questions were asked. In two of them, he responded, Spencer, he practices very well. (laughs) Two different responses. Uh This is not... I don't get it. And as you started this whole thing with, what is it about Spencer Peters? This goes back to when he got the starting job in 2020. That was not a competition. They handed him the reins after Nate Stanley graduated. Kirk never does that. He hasn't done that from Drew Tate. Drew Tate had to had go to through. earn his spot. He had to earn it, even yes. as he was a backup Ricky as a true Stanzi freshman. Ricky had to earn his spot. They all did. He had to beat out Christensen. Uh-huh. Beathard had to beat out Rudock. Yep. And yet Spencer Petras, as we go into year number three, of a terrible quarterback starting, no, nope. all good. Well, and Trent, I don't get it. And the stat you threw out there, the, I mean, 41, 41 quarterbacks made a start this week. 60 in all, over 60. And they never even kicked the tires that we know of. No. And if they did... There was a rumbling about Adrian Martinez, which uh-huh. even that rumbling, that doesn't make sense. Well, if he that was, was going to K-State because his right. girlfriend was Exactly. There. Right. But even with that, maybe that was something just, hey, we tried. Mm-hmm. Get that out there with a couple of media members. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we did try, remember. Uh-huh. Even though they knew there was no chance it was going to happen. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know either. how you can look at last year and say, we're not even going to look around. We're not even going to see what's out there. Mm-hmm. We're not going to make this a real competition either. Mm-hmm. That's the other part. This was a sham from the spring. So here's a question that I was asked over the weekend, and it just goes to show you where this football team is at. How do you stop the punter? <laughs> Honest to God! Right? Not how do you shut down the running back? Boy, the quarterback is good. They got some receivers. How are you going to counteract the punter? Because you're starting inside your five-yard line. Every time. Or not every time, but certainly Seemingly more. every time. It was unbelievable. He absolutely was. Especially, Have you ever been asked that, though? No. <laughs> of course not. So how do you shut down the punter? The guy with the I'm here for the punter t-shirt that <laughs> I, they showed I got on, on TV. TV. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it was. There, there's a whole bunch of them. He is so good. Mm. So talented. He really is. That special teams, they have great special teams. Mm-hmm. They have a great defense. Yeah. And they are putrid on offense. Just garbage. They're just terrible. Absolutely yep. brutal. They scored three points, and they got three See, points. I'm on a short it to field. the special teams. And that should be too. You're right. <laughs> I mean, that was a short field because the special teams uh-huh. that they even got a field goal out of yeah. it. Did they even have a first down in that drive? I would say no. Uh, that would be my <laughs> be guess. the right guess. Yeah, I'm trying to remember uh, back. If there was, it was just one single first down. Uh, though, it was just to get atro- the field goal. It's atrocious. It's, it was it's atrocious. not fun to watch. It's not. You're excited to watch football. First game of Every the year. Every game is sold out. And this is what they throw out there. Do you think there's Hawk fans that wish they dumped their Cyhawk and their Michigan and their Nebraska tickets before that Saturday? I've heard a lot of that this Have week. you? I think you're going to see a big contingent oh. of, of Cyclone fans inside of Kinnick. Will you? I think there's going to be so available let's, tickets. Let's get to Iowa State and what we saw on uh, on Saturday. ESPN Plus had the game. Um, Hunter Deckers gets his first start, statistically tore it up. The, the the interception was bad. It's going to happen. Um, it's too bad that Cartavius Norton is not going to be able to answer the bell. And Matt Campbell's, I can't say the word lie. The corner office hates when I use that line. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won't say that Campbell's going to lie to the press. And he's going to mislead everybody. That's... Uh, a good characterization. That's how that's how it, that's how he operates. We've but done this was with a, injuries now for the last forever five years. since yeah. he got there. Yeah. Um, that's that's a hamstring all day long. 
all day long, and it's too bad because I think they got a running back. I really do. Now, and this is probably shortchanging Jirel Brock, who in the second half went crazy. He was Trent, That play when he stopped on a dime. Mm-hmm. You you see guys stop, but they always got a little foot forward because you just can't stop your entire momentum. <laughs> right. Somehow he did. The spin moves that he had there a couple of different times. In fact, he went to it, I think, back-to-back carries in the third quarter where as big and strong as he is, there's some shiftiness there, yeah. too. That first, how about the first play though of the second half? They give it to him. There was a hole up the middle, but he's like, "No, I'm not getting being happy getting six. I'm getting 15 here." Yeah. And put his head down. Now the second play, and still a concern about this offensive line. They get hit for a loss for three, mm-hmm. and then that was also the ejection. I got, I've got, uh, yeah, that's true. Which um, eh, let him play. I he led with the crown of his helmet into the letter of the law mm-hmm. that absolutely hit him in the shoulder. I know. Or the upper army, but I don't even know if it was the shoulder. I, I didn't think he got his head. Uh, he got his head. Um, but um, I, do, I hate the rule. Yeah. Uh, I do. And I, I heard this over the weekend. At least I thought I did. Is there now, not now, a mechanism? I meant to look this up, damn it. That the, the game, the day after or early in the week. So mm-hmm. games are playing on Saturday. That after a kid gets ejected, there's now a... I don't know. Somebody that actually goes back yes. and looks, you know, is this suspension worthy? Yes, he was kicked out of the game. Yes, there was a 15-yard penalty. Do we really need to suspend him if it happened in the second half or the first half of the next next game? Isn't there that thing? There is. I, and I saw it spoken about a couple of different times in games too. I watched. So, so that's a good thing. Yes. And I don't know if it's a conference office, if it's an NCAA thing, right. where it comes from. But yes, there, or if it's just... You know, a referee committee that, that comes up with it. Whatever it is, though, yes, there is a way now where I guess you can go out there and challenge it, if mm-hmm. you will, and say, hey, I think they Take got this Take another look wrong. at this. Which is right. fair, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was not intent. Right. I mean, there was a there was a, what game was it? Um, uh, uh, the Florida State, uh, Florida State LSU. Mm-hmm. The kid got kicked out of the game. He he launched with the crown of his helmet. Right. I yeah. couldn't believe it. I mean, that was that's that that should be more than a game. Mm-hmm. So back to Iowa State and, and Deckers. I love the fact that he got everybody involved. I mean, there was hardly a receiver on that roster uh, that didn't catch a passion. A lot of, course, of Xavier early. A lot of Xavier Hutchinson early. <laughs> yes, absolutely. They went to him early and often. Uh, Noel is a, we know he's a terrific player. Mm-hmm. Good to see Stanley get involved in the football game. Defensively, I've got questions. Did Will McDonald play? Well, I saw number nine. A couple of times chasing after that quarterback. And I get you're going to stop him. Yeah. Every team's going to do that, Will. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to be prepared Double teams are going to be coming. Every single game, mm-hmm. they are going to try and eliminate him. And with questions at the other defensive end spot, uh-huh. there's going to be a lot of doubles. There, there's, there's no question about it. Uh, I like the secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got beat a couple of times, but you know, that, that's college football, right? Um, Two young safeties jumped off. Uh, 21. Howard? Howard, yes. He's really a kid good. that played down at IMG. Down in Florida. Okay. He's from originally Minnesota, St. Paul kid. He was really good. And Jeremiah Cooper, mm-hmm. early in the game, he made that tackle. And, and of course, as always, we talked about this year. All right, where's the roster? All right, here we go. See, I love this about watching college, especially early in the season. Yes. Guys you'd never heard of. And wow, who the hell is that? And this Iowa State team more than any uh-huh. that we've seen recently because last of couple of years. the last three years, we've known everybody. Mm-hmm. And now it's a whole bunch of, and nine, Cooper, Cooper. And look him up a little bit. He came up mm-hmm. and he made a play. So this is one thing I, I wanted to get to. Because, to be fair, we heard the Cardinal and Gold. Well, guys, the reason all these safeties are transferring is because there's a lot of talent waiting in the wings. Uh-huh. And I think 
not to speak for you, but I think you and I both looked eh. at each other and rolled our eyes. Yeah. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because it's the off-season at Iowa State. Uh-huh. I think they were about, right about Deckers and Norton, but brains to be seen. But go finish your point because I know where you're going. With, with you're Cooper right. and Howard? Mm-hmm. I can see it. I can see it. I, I can absolutely see it. And the moving of Johnson over, and I get it. Darian Porter, how about the trick play that they ran? And Porter bit just a touch. I know he did. But he got back. Uh-huh. He recovered, didn't he? He gave up that one play where they had him double team, mm-hmm. the, the one that set up what the first touchdown, I think. But at six foot four, Darian Porter, he's it's not bad. He's got something. I know it. And for a guy that probably hasn't played cornerback or defensive started, back since right? middle school. Right. If that even and that's another one where we both... Oh, come on. All right. Dear, you're moving a 6'4 receiver, ordered quarterback. That's because he's not, he can't, he can't catch, catch it anymore. Mm-hmm. And he got three you're happy mm-hmm. with, and you need a fourth. Mm-hmm. There might be something there, too. I, I'm with you. But, uh, but to the front, the defensive front, still some question marks. Yes. But they're going up against that. We'll save that to 1130. Um, Jace Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Touchbacks. Yep. One after another. Yeah, power. I, th- I think they've got a kicker. I think they've got a kicker, at least so far. Mm-hmm. One game. One game into it. We're overreacting, folks. That's got what we do. Slack. It's yes. week number one. I get it. Um, so I was relatively impressed with Iowa State, keeping in mind who they were playing. Uh-huh. Um, Simu, eh, not much, right? No, I'd give a king's ransom for that quarterback. He wasn't bad, was he? I mean, he made some plays. He's a big kid. He's tough to get on the ground. And yet, Delarant. Simu finds this kid in NAIA. Mm-hmm. To go and play one double A Ohio Valley yep. for a bad team, they are a bad team. And Iowa says we're good. Yeah, we're we're going to stick with what we got. Simo can sniff around and find a kid like that. They Iowa didn't kick the tires, Trent. I'm convinced they no. didn't even they ser- didn't take a serious dive into the pool. They doubled down. They, they did. absolutely doubled down. So, what, is one there other any, note from yeah. uh, Iowa State. Okay, did you? Uh, they did two different times. The promos for Big Twelve now. ESPN Plus. Yeah. Well, if you're watching it, you obviously already have ESPN Plus, right? right? Yeah, that's a good point. Why do you got to run the promos? Yeah, that's a good. I never thought of that, but yeah, they got us. Yeah. Right. Is there a free We've trial I didn't know about? When I'm sitting there, I'm like, do you need these promos? No, I thought. By the way, I'm not complaining about four bucks a month because we write it off. But I thought we were grandfathered in when we signed up for this bad boy at five bucks a month. Oh, the the leap. I thought yeah. that when it first when it first launched, I thought I read that somewhere. My, you have my, it for perpetuity? Nah, yeah, not so much. Not so much. I think jumped. Was nine ninety nine now? Nine ninety nine. I think rings yeah. a bell. Something. And like I think that. you can get it for a hundred bucks if you just buy the whole year package, mm-hmm. as opposed to going monthly. There, it's worth it though. No, without a doubt. And gotta have it. I mean, even last night I was able to go back and, and, and rewatch re- uh, rewatch the game. Though that is one thing that is so annoying, and this is just streaming in general, compared to with the DVR on the direct TV. It's so easy. The thirty second fast forward button, and here I'm sitting there and I'm you playing got with the ten run- seconds. You gotta hit yes, it, hit it, hit it. It's just a pain. And then it's oh a, a buffer pain. happens and they, oh it's so much easier uh-huh. just to be able to rewatch a game yep. with the old school DVR. But again, we're we're complaining about some 21st century problems. Uh, real quick, your thoughts on the point spread? Cyhawk point spread three three and a half, which says that if the game was on a neutral field, Iowa State would be a very slight favorite. Slight favorite because Kinnick is a five point state. Five and, five and a half. Yep. Yeah, Kenny White has it at five. I saw his uh, numbers. Does he? That's what he makes Kinnick. And yep. I think the highest I saw this year six was his max. I think there's two stadiums that were sixes. A uh, couple of five and a halves, and Iowa and Iowa State are both fives mm-hmm. that are within the top twenty 
And what we're talking about here is when, um, you know, for forever, home team gets three. The stadium's worth one. That's That's more of an NFL thing. That is more. It was more than an NFL thing. But in college football, it was totally different. Mm -hmm. And uh, both Kinnick and Jack Trice are seen as a five-point advantage, uh, the home stadium. So... If Kinnick's a five-point stadium and they're favored by three-and-a-half, it was on a neutral field, the Lions makers would make Iowa State a point-and-a-half favorite going into this game. I was certainly surprised by the jump down. I thought it would be more in that four-and-a-half range just because you don't see the overreaction from the preseason line to what it is even after a bad performance. But it's it was also that first performance. Yeah. It's, the, it's all on the quarterback. It, I, uh, I was not surprised, though, by people's reaction. To the point spread when it came out. What was the reaction? Well, I, I saw plenty of, there's no way Iowa should be favored, you know, those kind of mm. conversations, which you could understand. If you don't really understand point spreads and the projected point spreads that are out there, or even the ones that you could bet at this summer, you could understand why people anticipate that, that are in the gambling space like we were. But yeah, I thought it'd be a tick higher. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to talk to our friends in the desert this week and see... Just how much Iowa State money is coming in? I'm going to guess they're going to get gobs and gobs of it. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to be fun. Uh, uh, good. Did you make any plays this weekend? I did. I mean, did course. I make any plays? This did weekend? you make any money this week? Did you bet any futures? Um, I no. Though, remember, I told you a couple of Wednesdays ago is when I kind of did all my yeah. future work. So yeah. I had all those locked in. Uh, overall, I think Saturday was I was either six and five or five and six. Yeah. Uh, lost the game Sunday. And lost last night because... Why? How'd you lose last night? Didn't take Clemson? Yeah. No, Georgia Tech plus 24 and a half. For a long time, it looked as you're going to... Now, um, they're playing the wrong quarterback. Yeah. They're playing the wrong quarterback. We'll get to that well, later. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. I think this, was going up against a very no, tired No, that's true, but, but this kid... I'm not just sold on DJ. I'm not. And this, he uh, ran it well. He looked more confident. As the game went on. Yes. As the game went on. I made one play over the weekend. One. One play. The under in the South Dakota no, State Iowa. No, I'm not touching. You know, I don't bet the locals. I bet a, I bet a Heisman. A Heisman. Uh-huh. You fire after the games had already started. In the middle of one. In the middle of a game, you got Stetson Bennett. <laughs> no, I got a quarterback from the SEC East. I got Anthony Richardson. I, I, I told you about my love of Anthony Richardson. He was 35 to 1 when I bet him. He's 18 to 1 now. Could work out of you. He's awesome, isn't he? Oh, my God. And what a show he put on. That two-point conversion. Oh, Jesus. Oh. The whole game was good. It really was. was the I didn't watch as much Ohio State-Notre Dame because that game was so good yeah. that I thought I would have. And it wasn't because Ohio State-Notre Dame was a blowout. Mm-hmm. It was just I was so much more entertained by the Utah-Florida game. All the stuff that goes on off the field to get to, to, get to the actual season, mm-hmm. the NIL, the realignment, oh, this is ruining. Call. Trent... It is such a special sport. It really and truly. There's. I'm convinced now. There's nothing that it can do that will harm it. And there's going to be naysayers, mm-hmm. and we're going to hear about them. And all oh, this is it. I'm never going to watch. They're ruining the game that I love. Yep. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to wait. I'm going to hold off. Oh please! It was what a weekend. I mean, the, the end of the LSU game. My God. Go back to seven, eight years ago, where it felt like football, in some form, was really. In a scary spot, with concussions, with CTE, mm-hmm. what was the future of the sport going to be? And now, yeah, t- is that conversation happening? No, anywhere? No, it's not. I mean, there's still brain injuries. Now they mm-hmm. have done a tr- look. What, look at the shells they're yes, putting on that. Absolutely, during practice during and everything practice, else. Yeah. If, you're, if you're old like me, you don't remember the Gazoo, the guy from the was he in the Flintstones? Yes. 
And they had that hat. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's what they're all wearing. Like Steve, remember Steve Tasker's helmet yes. for years on special teams with the Bills? Oh, it's such a great sport. What an incredible weekend. We will take a timeout. We will get back to college football, we promise. The entire second hour of the program is going to be devoted to that. Bama Trent and I are going to go around college football, what we saw, uh, and then we'll just start opining on Cyhawk about 11.30, Trent's plays of the day. Uh, but it's baseball conversation next. Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. He's one of their national baseball writers. We will opine what we saw this weekend and what lies ahead on Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Our number one. Of the week of Cyhawk Week on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Back to the college football conversation in our number two. Time to talk some baseball with our friend Matt Snyder. CBSSports.com is where you can read Matt. See his power rankings that go up each and every Monday and a whole bunch of other stuff throughout the week as well. Matt, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. You know what I want to start with you? It's, it, does it seem to you, and maybe the latest is always the greatest, there have been more agre- egregious missed balls and strike calls this year than and I think ever before, um, and and I get the television over the last few years has certainly uh, elevated how we watch the game and how we see that you know some of these balls and strikes are are missed. But man, it seems like there's a lot of them this year, Matt. Um, maybe like in, in recent years since we've gotten used to like the K zone thing on the the screen and stuff like that. But um, you know, compared to before that was a thing, no, not even close. Because I mean. Let's just look at, for example, and this will really ring a bell to you, the Eric Gregg game, uh, Levon Hernandez in the playoffs against the Braves. If you go back and watch the YouTube of that, holy cow, <laughs> it is brutal. Yeah. Brutal. I mean, there's balls in the middle of the other batter's box, and the players aren't even arguing with it because they're just used to it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I think we, we've gotten so used to the K-Zone thing and uh, when the umpire's behind the plate with a human eye, obviously he doesn't get that, and it can look really close to him, but we're used to seeing it. It can look really bad to us. But, yeah, like there are – I think we're getting to the point where since you have the technology when there's a game-changing call, I don't know if you're thinking – if you're specifically thinking of one, but it, it made me think maybe the Rays-Yankees game on Sunday – there was a, one of them. There, there's a bunch of them. I mean, you, I could go around yeah. just from over the weekend. That was one of them. Uh, there was a yeah. couple. I watched the entire double. I don't know what I was doing. Watched I watched 18 innings of Orioles Blue Jays yesterday. <laughs> well, I know it's they'll my probably, squad. Yeah, they'll probably get to the point where um, you can challenge like one or two balls or strikes a game, and if it's like if it's blatant, then they'll run it back or something like that. And I know that. 
there's so many times in replay, so many times that we have unintended consequences and you get worried about leading down the road. But I do think sometimes when it's like, if it were a playoff game, if the Yankees Rays, let's say, for example, was a playoff series decided with mm-hmm. the tying run on third to go ahead, run on second, you kind of like to get it, you yep. know? Yep. And, uh, you know, like the end of the Giants Dodgers series last year was that check swing. The only problem on that is there's no exact rule. (laughs) But, yeah, on the strikes, yeah, for sure. You mentioned the Yankees over the weekend, and before they found that win against Sunday, it was getting hairy there. Uh Rays had cut it to, what, four games at that point. Now, of course, the Yankees have the great elixir for them. They get the Twins (laughs) here for four games, and it started yesterday. But (laughs) this Yankees team, we've... They got off to the great start. They have been so bad, really, in the second half of the season after the All-Star break. What's going wrong? And if they get knocked out in the first round, their first-round series, is there going to be trouble brewing there in Yankeeville? There should be. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it would 15-and-a-half games in the division. That would be literally the biggest blown division in baseball history. Mm. Um, and right now, the offense, it's, I made a difference yesterday, but again, it's the Twins against the Yankees, which for some reason. <laughs> but uh, before, like the, the entire Rays series, the offense was just Judge. It wasn't like, oh man, he's carrying the offense. No, it was just Judge. Like either Judge home run or Judge RBI double was the only way they scored the entire series. He can't do everything, even though it seems like he can. It, like hyperbole aside, he really can't just do everything for the entire offense. And that's what it's come down to. Their offense has just gotten so bad, and it, you, they're so reliant on the pitching or and or judge to bail them out. It doesn't seem like a good formula to go deep into October. Maybe back in the days where you could just advance to the World Series, see if you can get by with a few games. But when you've got to win eleven games to win the World Series, if they even get that by at this point, because they could get caught by the Rays and or Blue Jays, but it doesn't seem like they'd be able to string that many wins together playing like this. They, they kind of need that high-powered offense other than Judge to return. And um, may, maybe Rizzo gets right. Maybe LeMahieu gets right, but they're both banged up. Um, maybe Stanton gets right, but he has not looked good at all since he's been back from injury. They have the pieces, you think, but, man, I don't know. I don't know. It's been a while. Uh, Albert Pujols, uh, not lost on, on Cubs or Cardinal fans, that his final at-bat of his life against the Cubs uh, left the ballpark, and that was accounted for the only two runs, which was a hell of a game uh, over over the weekend. So there's what? There's four weeks left in in the regular season. That's just that's amazing. about a home run a week, right, to get to yeah. 700. I know there's a lot of people that, even if you don't like the Cardinals, I think that there's more so that would love to see him get that feat. Does he do it, Matt? I mean, we know he's only facing lefties for the most part now, uh, but he's still got it. We, he can still get around on the balls we saw the other day. Does he get to 700? Yeah, we'll go with yes here. And I know, like you said, he's only mostly facing lefties, but they've got a seven-and-a-half game lead right now. you got to believe they're going to clinch early. And if they do, well... <laughs> I was going to say they could play him every day, but, well, you don't want to run him into the ground at his age and with the, the foot problems that he'd had in, in the recent years. But they'll be able to play him more once it looks like it's a foregone conclusion to, to clinch the division. Then once they do clinch the division, they'll be able to play him a little more. It seems like he's feeling really, really good right now. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll say he gets there. Maybe exact. 
that would be pretty funny if he was like exactly 700. I, I obviously don't see him going much more, and it is going to be tough to get there. It's even with him being so hot in the second half, it's not a foregone conclusion. He's still five away. Like you said, it's about a homer a week. That's a pretty darn good pace. So it'll be tough, but I'll say yes. I'll say, and yeah, that was really, really fitting for him to go out against the Cubs. Not only, not only with it being a home run in the last at bat, but it being a a home run that determined the game. Very fitting. We go to the American League Central, where nobody wants to win this crappy division. (laughs) Yet somebody will get a playoff bid in the number three seed in the playoffs. The Guardians going the wrong way, and they barely got one yesterday against the Royals after giving up the lead. The White Sox maybe playing the best out of the group, I, I guess, at this point. With they no took Tony La Russa? With no La Russa, and maybe that's exactly what they needed. Handicap it. How do you see this thing finishing up? Well, geez, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's hard to be confident in anybody, so I guess I'm trying to say, like, who am I least confident in, but I still come up kind of almost even with all three. Um I, I I said, I think it was two weeks ago here, I said I was giving up on the White Sox. Like, mm-hmm. all year I was like, oh, the White Sox will get it together. They'll eventually win it. You know, they have too much talent. But I finally gave up on them. I'm not going to backtrack on that. So I'll say it's between the Guardians and Twins. They play eight times in the next uh, week and a half, I guess. Whoever emerges there it's going to be is probably going to be the division winner. And I can't not pick somebody. So I will just say Twins. And I don't know what I'm basing that on. Maybe because I'm here with Trent. That might just be what determined it right now. Uh, no confidence in any of the three. It's funny. Yesterday I had a Blue Jays fan tweet at me that they wanted the Blue Jays to be the three seed in the AL mm-hmm. because then they could play the whoever won the Central and then the Yankees. And I was like, wow, that's not you bad. Know, you can't plot that path on purpose because it's hard to like hit that sweet spot of losing enough games to get right in the three seed, but. It really does seem like that's a good path on the AL for the wild card teams. Do the or can the, will they? That's the way to do it. Will the Braves run down the Mets? It's a game. It's been remarkable how it's it's like back to back years, right? The Braves have just gone on this incredible tear. They were scheduled to play each other in the final weekend of the regular season, but we know the season started late and they've got those extra games left. Uh, Mets got a whole bunch of games against the Pirates. They finish with Washington. They do have to go to Atlanta. Mets also have Oakland and Miami on the schedule. The Cubs. Mets have a really easy schedule, I guess, is where I'm going. That leads me to think that the Mets will hold on. What say you? Yeah, it's the single easiest schedule left in Major League Baseball among all 30 teams. Now, the Braves is like 25th, though, so they both have it pretty easy. Then again, the Mets just lost 2-3 to the Nationals. Um, I I think I'm going to say that the Braves will pass the Mets at some point, but the Mets are going to pass them back. How about that? That'll be good drama. Would we'll be. see a lot of neck and neck going back and forth. And I'll say the Mets end up winning it by one or two games. Um, it's going to be really fun. Another interesting aspect to it is the Braves won the division with 88 games last year. That was the worst record for any division winner. Of course, then they won the World Series. This year, the Phillies are on pace to win 88 and not even be close. Both the Mets and Braves are on pace to go over 100. So the Braves could win 88 and win the division last year, win 100 and not win the division this year. Got to love baseball. How about Cody Clemens getting his first career strikeout (laughs) and doing it against Shohei Otani? Yeah, and he's not a pitcher. That's the funniest part about it is you've got a position player pitching because the Tigers are so bad. (laughs) 
and he strikes out the pitcher splash hitter who's amazing at both. Again, as I just said, gotta love baseball. It uh, it brings us stupid, funny stuff <laughs> every single day. Well, and, and speaking of the Blue Jays, here for Ken, uh, as I tweeted last night, the Blue Jays since August 16th, they won 7 of 8. Then they got completely embarrassed at home by the Angels in three games. That scored 22-3. Yep. to three. They've won 7 of 8 since then. Try to figure that one out. They're Jekyll and Hyde. Baseball, man. Yeah, they yeah. really are. I mean, Barrios and Gossman yesterday, they had the doubleheader, and that's uh, that's how the, what they wanted to go into. Boy, these Orioles, yeah. you know, we've, we've talked about this a lot, right? Just one of the stories of the year in baseball. So excited for, for fans of this team. Like, they're one of those teams that have been around forever, right? And they, at one point, used to be major, major players. But even before the yeah. Cal Ripken era, right? Uh, Steve Stone, who entertains us every every. Well, if you're a White Sox fan, every broadcast. Um, this is a great story. This is maybe one of the better stories in baseball this year, Matt Snyder. I don't think they're going to get in. I wish they would, no. but I don't. I think they fall a little bit short. But one of the stories of the year. It's funny how it's 162 games, but one day can make such a big difference. If they would have swept the Blue Jays yesterday, they'd only be a half game out, and we'd be talking about they might be able to make it. Instead, the Blue Jays sweep. They're four and a half out. I. It, they don't have enough talent to climb that kind of a hill, I, I think, in a month or so. And Yesterday was probably the statement on that. But for them to be in the race when they were probably planning on being as bad again as they've been the last three full seasons, uh, it's remarkable. It's a testament to what they've been able to do in that clubhouse. Let's give Brandon Hyde some credit there. Um, they don't have a ton of talent, but bringing up Adley Rushman, now we're seeing Gunnar Henderson um, you know, they still got Cedric Mullins around. Santander is having a good year. That what they've been able to do with their bullpen, and and they've even brought some of these rotation guys around, is pretty remarkable. And it makes you think that uh, where Mike Elias came from, the Astros front office, and the way the Astros can develop pitching there, did he bring that over? It looks like maybe he did. And they're going to be a force here moving forward once they actually get more talent around Rutschman and Henderson moving forward offensively, they could end up becoming a juggernaut. Right now it's just not there, not in the cards. But kudos to them for making it interesting. And I I bet their fans are having the time of their lives right now. It's fun. And it's been fun also for the Cardinals. You mentioned Pujols. About Flaherty yesterday. Hmm. Of course, they lose the game. He was down one nothing when he exited. But he reached back, hit 97 a couple of times, got out of jams. Yes, it's against Washington. The Nationals are not a playoff team by any stretch of the imagination. But Flaherty, if Flaherty, now with, what, three more starts probably before the playoffs, if he's hit 97 and that slider, he got eight swings and misses on it, if it's back, Cardinals are a different team. Mm-hmm. Well, how loaded is the National League playoff side? Oh, man. If we just looked at... Uh, a big four of Dodgers, Mets, Braves, and Cardinals, any which way you want to slot them. Uh, if that ends up being the final four, hopefully it will. But, you know, you never know. Some wild card could slip in there. But that big four, that's that's a ridiculously good final four. And the Cardinals had such problems with starting pitching depth leading up to the trade deadline. They didn't take a big swing at it. But if you looked at the way things are shaping up going toward the playoffs, if Flaherty is full, is all systems go, by the time they get to the playoffs, he looks like a playoff ace. You've got a change of pace guy in Wainwright who can go deep into the game. You've got a lefty in Jordan Montgomery there. You can probably put Quintana in the four. Maybe it's Nicholas. Whatever. Now all of a sudden you have more arms than you need if some of the other guys get it going. Like if Hudson or Matt got healthy, came back, whatever. 
Uh, actually, Heads might be out for the year. Regardless, things are really rounding into shape for them because the, bull, the, the rotation was really the only problem. The bullpen has really fallen into place, and the offense and the defense are both so, so, so good. Uh, they could win the World Series. Yeah. wouldn't be the least bit surprising. It's just the upper echelon is really crowded, but the Cardinals are definitely in it. I, I'm with you. Yeah, you can't write them off. Last thing for me. So, so let's go. To the, stick with me here. Uh, the White Sox get in, and Miguel Cairo leads them in, mm. and the doctor clears Larusa to come back, and just in time for the playoffs. <laughs> How will they handle that? I, I mean, it's. Reinsdorf's the boss. Yep. Larusa was his hire, yep. so uh, Larusa would come back and would manage. Uh, and I'm sure they would all act like they're they're bringing him back with open arms and uh, feel good about it. I mean, they did win the division with him last year. It just it, it would create an interesting dynamic there because if the guy who's been pulling the the strings and the team's playing well is is kind of demoted back to number two, that would mm-hmm. man that'd be very interesting. I don't see how they could make that change. If it was a health reason that got it, that kind of moved him away, gosh, I hadn't even thought about that. But that would really be something. Oof. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, indeed it would. And, and they're a different team. I mean, I wrote them off for dead, and yeah. then all of a sudden, Cairo's just whatever it is. Uh, they look like a different team. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you for doing this for us. As always, we appreciate it. We'll read you all week at CBSSports.com. Thank you, Matt. All right, have a good one. You do the same. Matt Snyder, CBS Sport, our baseball guy all season long, and he will be at postseason World Series, so we'll have you covered from uh, – and he moves with him, too. He flies around mm-hmm. to American League, National League ballparks. Anyways, we will take a timeout, come back and finish up the hour. Bama Bob Trent and I kick off our number two round college football. Oh, we've got some overreacting to do, and we'll do that to kick off uh, our number two. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Classic Trent Condon. You like this one? I do. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. You love George Harrison. I'm a big fan. Yeah. He's probably as influential as any of other. All well, yes. we're not Ringo. Can't put him in that category. Anyways, <laughs> I decided number four. <laughs> Far back and well beaten. The Spencer Petrus of the Beatles. <laughs> Nice. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering, well, why are you guys having a Cyclone or a Hawkeye reporter on with you today? Well, they're all busy. They're working today. Yeah, Tuesday is um, well, uh, Iowa State, Campbell, and mm-hmm. Iowa, uh, the players in Ferentz are meeting. In fact, I see a picture on, on Twitter right now. Tory Taylor's just inundated with media. <laughs> The punter, the, the biggest punter. star. How do we stop the? Honest to God, I was asked that question. How do you? How do you stop the punter? Speaking of stars, did you see Jack Campbell's response to the booing? I did. It was really good. He's a leader. Trent is. He what absolutely he is. is. Yeah. Do you believe everything he says? No, nope, but he's a leader. Do you believe Kirk when he says there's no divisiveness or it's bigger outside the locker room than it is I, inside? Th- he may wish that that was the case, and it may have started that way, but it won't end that way. Yeah. That's just it continues just down that I think we've if you played any level of athletics, another teammate, mm-hmm. another group mm-hmm. is not pulling their weight, passengers. Becomes a problem at it some does. point. It does. It's usually after a loss. I wonder if they have an answer. We'll end a loss Saturday.